welcome to More Than Myths. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, you want to know what the problem was? Your headset wasn't on. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. What? Nope. It was no, it, that was it. It wasn't on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, oh my god. Okay. Well, okay, cool. Hi, welcome to More Than Myths, guys. Welcome to More Than Myths. Screens right there. Happy birthday to me in Happy actually birthday. three days, but this is our closest to the birthday. So this is our birthday celebration episode. Woo-woo. How how old are you turning? I am turning 30. Fuck yeah. I remember being a 12 or 11 year old and remembering my mom turning 30 and I was like, wow, you're ancient. You're so <laughs> you know? old. How you're are you so, so old? old. And right. now that I'm turning 30, I'm like, how am I allowed how was I allowed to have children? How was I? Oh, yeah. Where, how do I? Where where did I miss <laughs> yeah. in the adult readiness department? Like we're where, just released. I, didn't, I missed that course. Into the wild. Yeah. It's Here. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, Good luck. Good luck figuring this out. At least you can square dance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So anyway, yeah. we had a very interesting day yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So first things first, my almost 13-year-old – oh, she's 13 now. Whoa. Um, her hamster had an unfortunate accident, and it was completely freak, and it was really sad, and she drowned in a cup of water. It, that, just sad. It's so sad, sad way to go. It's so sad. Yeah. And then um, my 13-year-old and, and I um, handle unfortunate situations with humor and dark humor. So there were so many terrible jokes flying around yesterday after <laughs> we settled down a little bit. Um, so anyway, we she looks at us and she like, I, you know, it really wasn't her fault. It was really a freak accident. And you yeah, know, she was, she got the hamster originally as like a, she can prove that she's capable of taking care of something really well and that kind of thing. And yeah. so I was like, okay. So she looks at us and she's like, asks, and she's like, Hey, can I get another hamster? I literally have everything for it already. Like I just yeah. would like to go get one. And so we're like, mm-hmm. I didn't notice the smell or anything like that. That was my biggest concern was that it was mm-hmm. going to stink. And I was just like, Ugh. but she was really good at keeping, keep taking care of it. So I was like, okay, I'm all right with that. If dad's okay with it. And he was like, yeah, we already had a hamster. Right. We had already signed up for that. Exactly. So fine. Never mind. Yeah. It's oh. just going to have a different name. Yeah. So we go to the pet store and we did not leave with a hamster. What did you leave with? Three hamsters? No. A ferret. We are now proud owners of a guinea pig named Chewbacca. That is phenomenal. I love guinea pigs. I, this is actually, I'm, your reaction makes me feel much better about it because I've regretted the decision ever since I drove from Petco (laughs) yesterday. I was like, why did we do this? Why did we do this? Like, what have we done? It's just a little bit bigger. Yes. But we could leave the hamster for a weekend 
with food and water. Oh yeah, the guinea and pig. you can't yeah. leave a guinea no. pig. They're it's essentially like getting a dog. And I would oh, much man much rather have a dog than a guinea pig. Yeah, I don't know if guinea pigs can do tricks. I mean, maybe they can. Maybe they can be trained uh, to do tricks. I don't really but... train my dogs to do tricks. I just feed them and snuggle them, <laughs> which guinea pigs are good at too. But yeah, I was really taken aback. We were driving home and she was like, oh, they can't be left for more than 24 hours. I was like, oh my God. Like oh, we go my to my God. dad's once a month and that's like a, you know, we go for the weekend. So we're going to have to bring the guinea pig Chewbacca's with us. Chewbacca's coming with you. Chewie's coming with us. He's coming with. So He won't be left behind. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, oh, fuck, what the fuck did I sign up for? I'm not sure if I should congratulate you on your new pet then. So anyway, that's fun. That's fun. No, I don't know. (laughs) So thank you. This is is how I'm feeling about it. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, conflicted. And we can't take it back. Oh, she's she's a messy-haired hamster. Oh, my God. She's got the cow licks all over her little body. That's adorable. She's too much. Fucking You're going to have cute. to post pictures. Yeah, well, I mean, I've just decided to accept it. It's going to be fine. And I'm going to find so it's gonna a be little okay. teenager who I can give my door code who can come and check on her when we got a town. Easy. It's going to be fine. No it's problem. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Anyways, that's my exciting tale. Wow. For the day. And I also finished the first Court of Thorns and Roses. And I'm on the second book. And yeah, let's go. I'm very excited for you. I actually just finished the very last book last night. How do you feel about the whole thing? R- just one to ten. Uh, I would give it a solid eight point four. Eight point four. That's a fantastic. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. Yeah, the story is actually really good when you, you know, and it's broken up with little smutty nuggets. <laughs> Smut nuggets. <laughs> but also, okay. whatever. Whatever. It, what's done is done. <laughs> yeah, what's done is done. Uh, but the rest of the story is actually really good, and the character growth is really good. And good. Yeah, if you like high fantasy, this isn't going to get much more high fantasy than what than it is. What it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Woohoo! I so, love yeah. it. Yep. Um. Okay. Well. So. For Haley's birthday, she asked me to do a scary topic. And for my birthday, I asked Haley to bring us a love story. And I asked her to do the whole episode. I was like, I'm not doing it anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, take, I'm sitting back and listening on this one. So I actually have, I had one thing planned and they were like, tell me a love story. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to tell you a love story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but first... I'm going to tell you the mythology behind the Chinese Zodiac because <gasps> the Chinese New Year is on Tuesday, February 1st. <gasps> I love yeah. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. You're ready. I'm ready. Are you, I'm are ready. you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're, what's, you're a Aquarius, right? Yeah. Okay. You're so the monkey. Your, yeah. You're, that's your Western astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's determined by constellations, which mm-hmm. coincide with a certain month. Um, so this, the Chinese, the mythology behind the Chinese Zodiac, um, there each year is represented by a different animal mm-hmm. and 2022 is the year of the tiger. Yeah. So you were wow. born in 1992. So yours was the year of the monkey, right? 
Yeah, correct. Okay. So all of the of all of the myths about how it kind of got started and has lasted the longest with the most accuracy mm-hmm. is called the Great Race. And it explains the order of the animals. Okay. So the story goes that the Jade Emperor wanted to come up with a way to measure time. So he arranged a race for all of the animals, and the first 12 animals to cross the river would earn a place in the calendar according to the order in which they arrived. Okay. So the rat got up really early in the morning. Super excited. He was going to win that fucking race. Oh. And he leaves. Leaves his house. And on the way to the river, he meets the horse, the tiger, and the ox. And he's small, and he's looking at these other big animals, and he's like, well, shit. So he asks them for help. The horse and the tiger are like, no, we're in it to win it. But the ox is very kind-hearted, and he's like, absolutely, I'll help you out. I'll help you get to the other side. So the rat jumps up on the ox. Climbs up on his head and they get, oh, they all jump into the water and they're trying to get to the other side. When the ox gets close to the shore, the rat jumps off, runs ahead of everybody, and comes in first place. Ooh, sneaky rat. A little sneaky. Yep. The ox comes in second and the tiger comes in third. Uh, the rabbit was hopping from stone to stone across the river and he came in fourth. Next came the dragon and, uh, she should have just flown across the river, but she didn't because she's very kind and stopped to help some animals that she came across on her way. Mm, nice. After her came the horse galloping across the river. It doesn't say through. It says across the river. So maybe, maybe it's a magic horse. All right. But right on her hooves was a snake and it scared the horse and the horse rears up. So the snake came in six with the horse right behind. Okay. So the Jade Emperor is watching this race and out in the river, he sees the sheep, the monkey and the rooster. And they're all working on a raft together to navigate the river. And when they make it across, they all kind of have like a little powwow and they decide jointly that the sheep and sometimes it's a goat, but sometimes the sheep um, who was the most comforting and harmonious of the group should be next. And so in eighth place, then they decide between the two of them that the monkey and then the rooster would cross the finish line to be counted. So out in the river, having the best time of his life is the dog. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> probably, I know who's missing. Probably a yellow lab that refused to come in because he's having Just the best having day too ever. Much fun. <laughs> yeah. And he comes in 11. The final spot goes to the pig who stopped for a snack and a little nap because <laughs> why not? And then he rounded out and finished. He crossed the finish line. Uh, there isn't a cat on the Zodiac, and I heard two different things. Um, One, the cat asked the rat to wake him up, and rat was too excited and forgot to wake the cat up. I also read that the cat and the rat were up on the ox's back, and the rat pushed the cat into the water, and (laughs) (laughs) he was really having a tough time, and he didn't get out of the water until everybody else (laughs) had crossed the finish line. So every 60 years... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, the cat slept and it was like fuck it (laughs) also yes that one makes the most sense to me yeah it's like the cat didn't get shit it's like you have your own calendar it's fine asleep whatever yeah (laughs) so every 60 years the zodiac starts over with the rat so Mm -hmm. i why 60 and not 12 
So the traditional Chinese calendar is made of two overlapping systems. The animals of the zodiac are associated with what's called the 12 earthly branches. The other system is called the 10 heavenly stems. And it's linked to the five elements, which are metal, wood, water, fire, and earth. So each element is assigned a yin or yang, and that creates a 10-year cycle. When the 12 animals of the earthly branches are matched with the five elements, plus the yin and the yang of the heavenly stems, it creates 60 60 years of different combinations known as the sexagenarian, I think is how it's pronounced, cycle. Ooh. Okay. You can also have an inner animal based on your birth month, a true (gasps) animal based on your birth date, (laughs) and a secret animal based on your birth hour. (gasps) So I was asking you, I was like, when were you born? But then I didn't want to keep asking you because I thought that you would catch on to my sneakiness and I couldn't have that. No, I would have never, ever, ever, ever figured that out. (laughs) Damn it. I should have asked you. We look look it up. So you were born in 92, which is the year of the monkey. Uh, Mm -hmm. You were born in February, which I believe your date is really close. It's like smack. So I saw two different things. I believe that you're a yin water goat or sheep if you want to be a sheep. A sheep for sure. Okay, so you're a yin water sheep. (laughs) Yin water sheep. (laughs) Uh, Your month animal is a tiger. (laughs) Your birthday was on a Sunday. Yeah. So that is monkey. Oh, okay. Your lucky numbers are three, four, nine. And unlucky numbers you should not have anything to do with is six, seven, and eight. Okay. Your lucky colors are purple, red, and green, and coffee. And Those are literally tones. my least favorite colors. And your favorite colors, coffee and gold tones, are colors you should avoid. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I literally like your whole hate house. the color red. Yeah. Well, purple, red, and green are your lucky colors. I, I have a lot of purple and green. Okay. Like, I have well, a lot of go. plants. and Perfect. There you go. Lilac is my jam. But, like, still, I just thought of, like, the ugliest colors of all of those. And I'm like, <laughs> ew, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you uh, are thought to be tender, polite, clever gentle and kind-hearted you mm-hmm. appreciate art and beauty and have a soft bit and have a soft spot for quiet living huh. however mm-hmm. you can be shy pessimistic moody and you worry too much ha huh. no. not you no way no, no okay 100%. accurate so uh let's see um i did do mine and I'm oh, a yeah, yin. I was going to ask if you <laughs> did yours. I'm a yin wooden ox. <laughs> Ooh. I was born in 85, and that was the year of the ox. Uh, my month animal is a rat. And my birthday is on a Saturday, so my animal is either an ox, a tiger, or a rooster. I don't know why there's three. Huh? All right. Yeah. Uh, my lucky numbers are one and nine, and three and four are unlucky. My lucky colors are red, blue, and purple. Look. And Ugh. green and white are colors I should avoid. It's literally my jam. 
whole your whole vibe. Yeah. Uh, my traits are that I'm intelligent, self-confident, and a natural-born leader. I'm honest, industrious, patient, and above all else, do things steadily. Um, uh, but I suck at communication, and <laughs> which is true. <laughs> terrible, terrible at it. <laughs> it's a work in progress. That's uh, I'm not laughing because you're bad at communicating with me but i just know it's your just struggle accurate. so well and that's so funny yeah so if you so are you're anxious and i can't or i'm anxious and you can't <laughs> communicate can't. like that pretty much sums us up but i'm just gonna lead us you know <laughs> through... blindly it's fine. guess what <laughs> it's no problem it's fine this it's is fine. fine yeah um so that is some little tidbits about the Chinese city. I love it. All right. All right. All right. All right. So you're ready for the love story? Yeah, I'm ready for the love story. Perfect. Um, I'm only going to tell you part of it because it's pretty long. So that it, I might do a two-parter. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you the love story of Tristan and Assault. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. So it's pretty old. I didn't realize. Um, yeah. It was originally written in the 12th century by a French poet. Mm-hmm. And it has to be written. I need to do mouth exercises. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh, blue, 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 blue. It was rewritten a couple times. Um, the stories changed actually quite a bit. Um, it was written before King Arthur, and it's thought that this was actually kind of what inspired the King Arthur, Lancelot, and Guinevere kind of love triangle. Yeah. It also kind of like at the the very end, which I'm not going to tell you. It kind of has like a Romeo and Juliet kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna go that far because it's way too long. It's way too long. So here's your birthday tale. I'm ready. So Mark, right? You know Mark. Yeah, our good friend Mark. Yeah, over in Cornwall, he's king. Okay. And Rivelin is king of Lioness, and he, they're friends. And he heard that Mark's enemies were waging a war against him. So he crosses the sea to help out his friend. And for his help and counsel, he marries Mark's sister, Blanche Floor. Whoa. Okay. I believe I'm saying that right. That's what it looks like. Uh, They get married and they find out that um, Rivalin's lands are being attacked by this guy named Duke Morgan. And Mm -hmm. he's attacking Lioness. So Rivelin and Blanchefleur gather all their ships together and they go home. So they stop at this castle named Manuel and he leaves his new queen there and he leaves to go and fight Duke Morgan. So Blanchefleur is in this castle and she's waiting. She's waiting. She finds out that she's pregnant. She keeps waiting. And one day she gets a note that... Rivelin was killed by Duke Morgan in a really nasty ambush. Ooh. She doesn't cry. She doesn't have any emotion. She just wastes away. 
So the story says that her soul was filled with a strong desire to be rid of the flesh. She didn't want to live in a world without the love of her life anymore. So she waits for three more days for her king to return. And on the fourth day, she goes into labor and has a baby boy. And taking her son in her arms, she says, little son, I have longed a while to see you. And now I see you the fairest thing ever, a woman born. In sadness came I hither, and in sadness did I bring forth. And in sadness has your first feast day gone. And as by sadness you came into the world, your name shall be Tristan. That is a child of sadness. She kisses his head and dies. (gasps) Yeah. Whoa. It's really sad. So the duke, this evil duke, has made it all the way to this castle, and they've surrounded the castle. And to keep Rivalin's son safe, Rohal, the guy that she was left with, yields. He doesn't have anything else to do, but he hides the baby among his own sons. Right. Nobody knows he's there. Nobody knows he even exists. So Tristan grows up, and when he turns seven, he's given over to this guy named Gorvanal, and he's a squire. And from him, he learns swordplay how to use a bow um he is taught to never lie he's really honest he's taught to keep his word um he's also taught how to play the harp and he has a beautiful singing voice everyone notices like oh my gosh he's such a good boy like wow good job on raising such a good son all of these things and rohal remembers rivalin and blanche floor and he loves him as a son but in his heart he's like this kid is my king Right. So one day, Tristan is actually lured onto a merchant ship from Norway, and he's kidnapped. Oh, no. So they leave. But something that sailors knew during this time is that the sea won't help thieves and pirates. Oh, okay. For eight days and nights, they're caught in this huge storm, and they're they find that they're actually being driven towards some cliffs that's going to destroy their ship. <laughs> so they're like, "Uh, yeah, we're not going to do this." They put Tristan in a rowboat and just push him out to sea. <laughs> Immediately, okay. the storm stops. The sun starts shining, and Tristan's <gasps> boat lands on a beach. He's totally fine. He's unharmed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he's walking around and he comes upon a hunting party and he's like, uh, where am I? <laughs> Just got off a boat. I don't know where I am. Can you help I me? I was kidnapped and we couldn't <laughs> escape. And I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Help me out, please. <laughs> so they tell him he is in the kingdom of King Mark who rules over Cornwall. Okay. His dad's friend. Yes. Right? Yep. His mom's okay. brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So they take him up to Castle Tintagel. And when they get to the castle, they meet King Mark. And he just can't stop looking at this boy. And he feels this tenderness towards him. And it's probably in his eyes. It's always in the eyes. It's and his eyes. he it's has his mother's no, eyes. It's his mother's eyes. This is, <laughs> yeah. He has no idea that he has now taken into his care his favorite sister's little boy. Right. So they have a they have a big feast and Tristan sings them this beautiful song and Mark's like you have to stay here. You got to you have the most beautiful singing voice. I want you to stay here as long as you want. So Tristan agrees to stay. 3 years go by. He's mm-hmm. King Mark's best friend. Like if he's sad, he sings for him. They go hunting together, always mm-hmm. together. 
And everyone thinks that Tristan's just the best. He's the best guy. He's got a really good attitude and he can play the shit out of that harp. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. So one day, uh, Rohalt actually shows up at the castle and he's looking for Tristan and he has a carbuncle. I was like, what the hell is a carbuncle? What's a carbuncle? When I first Googled it, it was like boils and pustules. But I was like, that's not right. He can't be that. So (laughs) what it is, is it's actually a stone, like a garnet, like a red stone usually. And it has magic powers. So he has her magic stone, not her gross, nasty. So he... I missed that. Who's his mother is Blanche. Okay. Okay. So he has the stone and he tells him, he tells King Mark, like, this is your nephew. This is Blanche Fleur's little boy. And he tells him that Duke Morgan has had killed his family and is holding his lands. He didn't leave. And Mm. it's time for Tristan to actually go and kick this Duke out of his kingdom. Right. And take his place as king. So Tristan leaves, goes back to Lioness, avenges his father's killer, and takes back his father's land. I don't know how old he is at this point. I think he's probably like 10 or 11, maybe 12. <laughs> maybe more years went by. Maybe they were. I, but if the maybe timeline. Maybe he's 12. Maybe he's 30. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so he's king of Lioness now. And okay. he misses Mark, though. And so he calls a meeting of all of his his guys, and he is going to release his lands to Rohal, and he's going to go back to Cornwall, and he's going to spend the rest of his life serving King Mark. So Tristan gets on a ship, goes back to Cornwall, and when he arrives, he finds that all is not well. It's not how he left it. The King of Ireland has come and has sent a fleet, and he is attacking the, the coast. Okay. And, and he's not going to stop unless he, unless King Mark pays tribute. And leading this fleet is the scariest. Like, imagine the mountain. <laughs> okay. I know he's exactly. The, he's the scariest dude you've ever seen. His name's Morholt. Okay. He's never lost a fight. He's here to kick some ass. Okay. Ugh. And collect King Mark's tribute. The tribute is 300 youths and 300 <gasps> maidens who have drawn straws, lost, and they have to go back to Ireland to serve. He hasn't oh. been in 15 years. He's refused. So they're at a big meeting and Morholt tells him, he's like, this is your final. I'm not going to tell you again. You've put me, you've put the king off for 15 years. Like you're going to pay. And if you don't want to, the only way that you're not, you're going to be able to get out of this is if you do a trial by combat. Nobody <laughs> says anything. You could have heard a pin drop. Oh nope. no. He's this guy. No. But Tristan comes oh, up to King. I know he comes up to King Mark and he kneels and he's like, "I'll go to battle for you." So on the day appointed, Morholt and Tristan go out to Saint Samson, where they'd fight all by themselves. It's just an island. It's just a little island. Morholt moors his boat on the shore, but when Tristan lands, he pushes his boat back out into the ocean and he says, "Only one of us leaving is leaving here. Only one boat is needed." Whoa. He's yeah. bold. He's very bold. <laughs> no one knows what happens. Uh, around noon, they see the purple sails of Mo- Morholt's ship, and they're yelling and they're pointing, and everybody's freaking out. 
it's not Morholt. It's Tristan. Nope. He's standing on the prow of the ship and he's got his sword up in the air and he's like, look at me. I fucking did it. I did it. <laughs> so he jumps down off the off the boat onto the shore and he tells them that Morholt fought bravely. But he's dead and he shows them his sword and there's a part that's like broken out of it and he's like, yeah, that piece is stuck in his head. <laughs> that's how he died. So, Ugh. Yeah. Morholt's men leave and they go back to Ireland and they take Morholt's body with them. Morholt's sister, the queen, and his niece, Asold, are known to be great healers, but they can't bring anybody back to life. And so Asold takes the shard out of her uncle's head, locks it away in a box, and in her heart, she now knows the name of her uncle's killer. And with the fire of a thousand suns, she vows to never, like, she hates him. She okay. ever finds him, she's going to kill him. Okay. Back in Tintagel, Tristan's gotten up to the castle. Everyone's singing. They're waving branches. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited that we don't have to go to Ireland now. And he makes it inside the castle and he collapses in King Mark's arms. And he has been wounded by Morholt's spear. But it wasn't just a spear. It was a poison spear. Oh, no. Okay. So Tristan just begs the king. He's like, just put me on a boat. Push me out to sea. I'm going to die, but it's it would be nice to see the sun and my heart. I'm really happy that I won and people don't have to go to Ireland. And, you know, maybe the sea will take me someplace that they'll, they might be able to heal me of my wounds. Right. So Tristan's put in a boat with just a harp. He's too weak to sail, so he doesn't have any sails. He doesn't have any oars. He's just laying in this boat with his harp, playing his harp, and they push him out to sea. They're like, bye. Bye. Thanks for saving us. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) So for seven days and seven nights, he's drifting, and he finally Mm -hmm. reaches the shore, and some fishermen hear this sweet song, and they get closer to the boat, and it gets weaker and softer and softer, and they finally get up onto the boat, and Tristan's there, and he's completely passed out. So they take him back to port and they take him up to the castle to a sold who might mm-hmm. be able to heal this heart player. She has no idea who this guy is. And yeah. Is, no, she doesn't. She has no idea. So <laughs> she heals him. And when he oh. finally comes to, he's like, oh, shit. I'm in the home of my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so he spins this tale about how he's a seer. And he had taken passage on a merchant ship and sailed to Spain to learn how to read the stars to be able to sail. But pirates had boarded his ship. Like, it's just this ridiculous tale that he's telling everybody to try to save his skin. Yeah. Please don't kill me. Okay. But they don't know any better. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Wow, you're so heroic. It's crazy (laughs) that you you even survived this. And he's healed and stays there for 40 days. So when he's strong enough, (laughs) he actually gets up in the night, sneaks away, and goes back to King Mark. So he makes it it back to Cornwall. And one day they're having this big meeting. And there's these four barons. And they fucking hate Tristan. They hate him because the king loves him so much. And the kings told them, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have my own babies. When I die, Tristan's going to become king. He's my heir. They don't like that. They don't. They're not into that. So they're trying to convince the king. Related, so yeah, I don't know why it's fine to me. Yeah, I don't know what the big deal is, but these barons are jerks. 
So power hungry. Probably. Yeah. They always are. Men. Yeah. Barons. Those damn barons. barons. So they're trying to convince the king that he needs to find a wife and have his own heir. And if they if he doesn't, they are going to retreat to their castles, gather their forces, and they're gonna come and kick his ass. All right. Four against one. It's not good odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the king kindly tells them to fuck off. And but as long <laughs> as <laughs> as long as Tristan is alive, he's not gonna get married and he's not gonna have any heirs. Tristan is his heir. Yeah. Tristan's like, hey, let's try to keep the peace. You should listen to your barons. You should get married. You should have your own babies, you know. And he actually threatens his uncle to leave if he doesn't yield to the wishes of his baron. King Mark's like, oh, my God, whatever. Let me think about it. I'm going to think about it for 40 days. 40 days go by, and it's the day that King Mark's decision's going to be heard by everybody. And he's sad, and he's gloomy, and he's like, woe is me. I have to find a wife. And where am I going to find someone that's beautiful that I actually want to marry, but she's far enough away that maybe I don't have to and I can kind of get out of it? Yeah, he's moping. He's moping. So two swallows fly into his bedroom, and between them, there's this beautiful piece of golden hair, and it's glowing and shining in the light, and he picks it up, he gets a smile on his face, and he goes out to the meeting. He's standing in front of them, and he's like, I've made my decision to please you pushy jerks. I will take a wife, but you have to find who I've chosen. They're like, all right, tell us. Who is she? We're peeing in our pants. We need to know. (laughs) We need to know. (laughs) We need to know. And he holds up this piece of hair and he says, it's the woman whose hair this is. They're like, well, that's great. Who is it? And he's like, oh, it's the lady with the golden hair and the swallows know where where she lives. (laughs) (laughs) So the... (laughs) So the barons are pissed because they realize they've been outmaneuvered. But Tristan, uh, Tristan's in the back of the room. And he's (laughs) like, he kind of has that like uncomfortable, you know, like squirming in his seat. And he clears his throat and he's like, well, to himself, he's thinking like, shit, shit. I know that hair. I know whose hair that is. (gasps) So he stands up and he's like, I'll go. I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to go find this queen. And I'll bring her back to you because I love you so much. So he leaves with a hundred. Mark's like, don't you get it? (laughs) Don't you get it? You dummy. Wink, wink. I don't Don't want to get married. Wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah. But Tristan, he's like, fuck, I know who this is. (laughs) Yeah. Tristan's oblivious. He's just, and his uncle's like winking at him. Like, hey man, I don't want to get married. (laughs) Don't find her, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Tristan's like, do you have something in your eye? Are you all right? Yeah, he's just thick. <laughs> a little bit. He's not reading between the lines. No. All right. So he, he leaves with 100 knights and disguises them as merchants. And he sails to White Haven Harbor in Ireland. He lands yep. and he finds out that, again, all is not well and that there's a dragon that's attacking the countryside. It's the most terrible dragon in the land. And it... Every day it comes to the gates of the city and it won't leave until it's given a maiden to eat. So he's like, what the hell? Like, can this thing even be killed? 
And there's a woman that's like, yeah, 20 soldiers went out and they all got eaten. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm now I'm imagining like drunk history. Yeah. You know, I just saw yeah. that in my brain where she's like, 20 soldiers went out and they got eaten. You they know, got, they you know didn't what? come back. <laughs> So they really wanted to go out there because the king, <laughs> because the king said that whoever can kill this dragon can marry his daughter is sold. And they didn't come back. <laughs> so Tristan's like, well, fuck. All right. I got to kill this fucking dragon because if I don't, someone else is going to, someone else is going to slay this fucking dragon and I'm going to be out of a bride for King Mark. So, so he goes back to the ship. He puts in his armor. He rides his like charger out, and he he gallops out to where the dragon is. And uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you what this dragon looks like. It's not a fucking dragon. <laughs> it has the head of a bear with red eyes, like coals of fire. Has hairy tufted ears, lion's claws, a serpent tail, and a griffin's body. Oh, kind of scary. I don't know what it doesn't sound like any dragon I've ever seen, but I mean, maybe they were different. I love that it's like a mythical creature's body. That it's like a what? It's a mythical creature's body. Like a griffin is already a mythical creature, but But somehow this is a combined, like a a, a jacked up version. (laughs) Of a snake tail. Yeah. I don't You got me. I don't know. You know. Echidna probably has something to do with it. Probably. (laughs) So he starts fighting this dragon. He's using his sword and his spear. And the dragon is spitting fire at him. And he gets a lucky break. And he pushes his sword into the beast's jaw. And splits Mm. its heart in two. Like maybe he put it so far down his throat that it like got his heart i'm assuming yeah. i don't know um <laughs> so he kills what does the dragon. he say <laughs> he doesn't say anything <laughs> he he cuts out its tongue to prove that he can that he, he killed it right yeah and he puts it down his pants oh jesus <laughs> like he doesn't have pockets and so there it's uh, he, he couldn't have just put it in a bag like tied it to his horse i don't know he anyway just carry it I don't... exactly yeah. yeah so as soon as it touches him he passes out because of the poison so tristan had passed this guy on the road and he told him where the dragon was going to be but this other gentleman, he wants to marry. They all want to marry the princess. And so he thinks like, hey, if I go back and that guy kills him, like maybe he killed the dragon. Maybe he didn't. I'm just going to go see. And he finds the dragon dead. So he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to take the dragon's head up to the castle and I can marry his soul. <sighs> so he chops the dragon's head off and he goes up to the castle and he's like, look, I get to marry the princess now. And a soul laughs in his face. And then she actually realizes, like, what's going on. And she starts sobbing. But then she realizes that this guy is such a coward. He's, like, everybody knows that this guy's a coward. And she's thinking, like, there's no way. There's no way he killed this dragon. Right. So he finds out 
sorry, she finds out where the lair was. And the next morning she goes out to see, you know, what actually happened. She gets out there and she finds Tristan passed out in the weeds with this fucking dragon tongue down his pants. She's like, what the fuck were you doing? What the fuck were you doing? (laughs) So she revives him, brings him back to the castle. And he's resting and she's going through his stuff. And she finds his sword. And she notices that there's a part of the sword missing. And she's like, what the fuck? So she goes to her box mm-hmm. and she pulls the shard out and she fits it into the sword. And she's like, this motherfucker's going to die. <laughs> so, so she's standing over Tristan and he wakes up and she's like, got the sword pointed at his throat. And she's yeah. like, you're Tristan of Lioness. You killed my uncle. And prepare I to die. prepared to die. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> And he puts his hands up and he's like, wait, just hang on a second, princess. Like, let me try to dissuade you from yeah. murdering me. You saved my life twice. I was the harper that you saved from that poisonous spear wound. I didn't just slay your uncle. I actually killed him in honorable combat. And I also killed this crazy dragon yeah. bear thing for you. So if you do kill me, just know that you're killing a wounded guest. She thinks about it and thinks about it. But she thinks that he's there to abduct her because Mm -hmm. King Mark is her enemy and he wants to like imprison her. Right. So it, it ends up that Tristan goes before the entire court and he tells them that he slayed the dragon and for recompense, he should be able to marry the prince. Oh, he doesn't want to marry her, but he wants to take her back to Cornwall for the king. And so they could have peace between their kingdoms and they all agree. So they're getting ready to leave. And a mother makes this potion and she tells a maid, Brangain, that on the night of a and Mark's wedding, she's to pour it into a cup and make sure that a and King Mark drink it. No one else can have it because it's a really powerful love potion. So the entire party boards the ship and they leave to go to Tintagel. There's one day that they're out in the ocean and there's no wind and they're just at a standstill and Tristan and Isolde are really hot and they call for a drink and there's another servant on the boat, a maid, and she goes and she finds this thing of wine (laughs) Uh and she pours it. Isolde drinks half, Tristan drinks the other half. (sighs) Yep. They look at each other. And it's game over. They are smitten with each other. And now they're actually bound together in life and death. (gasps) Tristan loves King Mark. I mean, he loves his uncle. And he's just racked with guilt. But he can't keep his eyes off his old. He's like, wow, you're the most beautiful, amazing thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And his old hates Tristan because he killed her uncle. Right. She's like, oh, my God, you're so handsome. And you play the harp so well. Like. Yum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they can't deny how they feel about each other. Yeah. They kiss. I'm sure they have sex. They do it. They do it. <laughs> yeah. So they get back to Tintagel. They know that they can't tell anybody about this. And she meets she meets everybody in the court and she meets King Mark and they're ooing and aahing and oh my god, she's so beautiful. And this is our new queen. 18 days go by and they finally get married. And on the wedding night. 
Isolde has convinced Brangain to take her place sleeping with King Mark. Brangain's still a virgin. Isolde's not. So there's going to be blood on the sheets to prove that she was a virgin. As Brangain's like, she doesn't really want to do it, but she doesn't have a choice because her mistress right. is like, you got to do this. You kind of fucked us over. Because <laughs> we're in love with each other. Right. So this happens and the king never finds out that it's not a sold. Mm-hmm. So weeks go by. They are really good at hiding their affair in the beginning, but they can't keep their hands up each other. They keep stealing glances. And um, Tristan, being the king's best friend and his nephew, he actually sleeps in the same room as they do. So it's really easy for them to just, you know, run off and have a quickie in the broom closet. Whoa. Okay. But people start to notice. And by people, <sighs> I mean those awful barons. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the bad guys. Yep. The four bad barons. <laughs> the <four> <laughs> bad <laughs> barons. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible group. It does sound like a terrible group. They are. They are pretty bad. So they realize what's going on and they're like, ooh, good. We can finally get rid of Tristan again. So <laughs> they go to the king and they're like, listen, Tristan and Isolde are in love with each other. And Tristan won't hear. He is like, Tristan is my nephew. He's such a good guy. Isolde is your queen. She's virtuous and lovely and all of these things. And right. he's like, they're like, listen, just watch him over the next couple of weeks and you're going to find out that you're wrong. Right. So he watches them and he finds out that the barons are right. And so he summons Tristan and he's like, get out. I don't want to see you. My barons have charged you with this awful crime. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. And because I love you, I'm just going to kick you out of my castle. You got to go. Yeah. But Tristan loves Mark, and he's in love with the sold, so he doesn't go very far. He stays in town, and he's moping, and he's depressed. He misses the yeah. sold, and he misses the castle, and she misses – up in the castle, the sold's moping, and she's sad because she misses Tristan, but she also has to pretend like she doesn't miss him, like she's not in love with him. Right. So <clears throat> Brangain comes to the rescue again, and she goes to where Tristan's staying, and she teaches him a way that her, him and his sold can see each other without anybody finding out. Behind okay. the castle, there's an orchard of fruit trees, and through it, there's a stream. So the stream actually goes through the castle, which sounds absolutely lovely, and it goes through the women's quarters. And Tristan would throw, like, bark and branches and leaves and stuff into the water, and a sold inside the castle would see this and come out to the orchard, and they could have their little trysts and their little, you know, under the orchard. You know. Under the apple, under the apple tree. Mm-hmm. Isolde's happy again, and the barons are like, what the fuck? Like, why are you happy? Like, all right, you got to be having secret meetings. So they decide that they're going to go to this dwarf named Frose, Frosin, I think is how it's pronounced. It's F-R-O-C-I-N, Frosin. Okay. Frosin. And they're going to ask him to kind of do, he knows how to do magic. He knows seven arts and magic and every kind of charm. And he's, it says he's going to teach us the wiles of a soul. Okay. So they, he, they go to this dwarf and he's drawing signs in the dirt and it takes him an hour and he looks up at them and he's like, tonight, tonight's the night you'll be able to arrest them. So they take this frozen up to the castle and they tell the king like, 
listen to this guy, what he's got to say. Right. Tells him like, hey, you need to tell your huntsman that you're going to have a big hunt. It's going to be seven days, seven nights in the forest. And if you don't find out what Tristan's up to, you can hang me. So he's betting his life that, you know, Tristan's going to do what him and Assault have been doing. And the king's going to get the truth. So they leave for the hunt. And that evening, Mark slips away from his hunting party and goes him and the him and Frozen go to the orchard and he tells him, he tells Mark like, Hey, climb up in this tree. Here's your bow and arrow. You're probably going to want it after you see what's going on. So yeah. Yikes. So Tristan comes and he's throwing twigs and branches and stuff into the water. And he's like, Oh, so it's going to come out. It's going to be great. And he looks down in the water and he's like, Oh shit, that's the King. And he sees the King's reflection in the water. Okay. So he he pretends like he didn't notice. He just stays where he's at. A few minutes later, a soul comes out and she's looking around for Tristan and she doesn't see him, but she sees also the king's shadow in the water. And she's okay. like, gotta play it cool. So she yells out, like, Tristan, I know you're out here. Why are you calling me out here? It's really late. What do you want? Like, you keep asking me to come out here and you keep asking me to intervene to the king on your behalf. And you like, I'm tired of you asking me like, yes, I understand that it was you that won me my crown. But there's nothing I can do to change your situation. So come out here and tell me what the hell you want. Tristan right on cue is like. I'm sorry, my queen, please speak to the king for me. I know that I've asked you to come out here a lot of times, and this is the first time that you've come out here. Wink, wink. The king hates me, and I don't know why. Would you please, like, please intercede on my behalf? And the soul's like, the king doubts both of us. If I'm out here, if if I was to get caught out here, he could kill me. You know, right. Like, so they're playing their parts really well. So well, in fact, that the king is totally convinced that they are in love with each other and that the barons were just lying to him because they hate Tristan so much. And so he forgives his nephew. He goes and seeks him out, forgives him. Tristan moves back into the castle and life goes on as usual. Oh my God. Okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The whole thing kind of happens again. Like, the barons notice Tristan and Isolde. Like, you would think that they would learn and maybe be a little sneakier, but they're not. They so, yeah, they're like, if that you don't get... That love potion. That love potion is strong. Yeah. So the barons go to him again, and they're telling him, if you don't exile Tristan because the shit's still going on, we're all gathering our forces and we're going to come against you. So they tell him to call Froslin again, and he's going to tell the king what he should do. So he comes and he tells Tristan to send, or he tells King Mark to send Tristan to King Arthur. And before he leaves, he'll try to say goodbye to the queen because who knows how long it'll be gone. And he's going to lay a trap for Tristan, not to worry about it. He's going to take care of it, but he's guaranteed that Tristan's going to try to say goodbye to a sold. The king agrees. Frozen leaves and goes to a baker and buys a whole bunch of flour and hides it under his coat and comes back to the castle. And Mark calls Tristan to him and he's like, hey, I need you to take this letter to Arthur, whatever. We're going to have a feast, whatever. And so he's like, all right, I'll leave first thing in the morning. No problem. So that night, Frozen is also asleep in the king's chambers and he thinks everyone's asleep. So he gets up and he scatters flour all over the floor between a sold 
and Tristan. And Tristan's not asleep. And he watches Frozen. And he's like, oh, you think you're so sneaky? I'm sneakier. But that day earlier, he had been out on a boar hunt and gotten hurt. And as he's jumping over the flower, the stitches in his leg popped. And he started to bleed on the floor. And there's blood on the floor between Tristan. There's blood on the bed. And like the the barons and the king and Frozen all run in and quick as quick shit, Tristan jumps back in bed, pretends he's asleep, and Assault is also pretending she's asleep. And Tristan sits up and he's like, What's all the ruckus? Like, why are you guys banging in here? And uh the king looks at the blood on the floor and on the bed, and he he looks at Tristan and he just says, Tomorrow you're gonna die. He knows. Oh, no. he knows that they're having an affair because it's all over the bed. So oh no. Yep. So they're led away. The Tristan and the Queen, a sold, are bound up and they're led away to the dungeon. And Tristan yells at the king that he claims justice and the right to battle, claiming that. Assold is innocent and that he's been completely loyal to the king and he loves him. And the king doesn't respond and they're led away. So news travels. The king has this ditch dug and he mm-hmm. fills it with like thorns and a bunch of vines, it says, and he lights them, he lights it on fire. Okay. <laughs> Sounds so scary. And this is where they're gonna have this um trial about Tristan and Assault if they've really been cheating on each other or having an affair. affair. Yeah, they're not cheating. They're definitely not cheating on each other. (laughs) So the guards go to get Tristan and they're approaching and on the cliffside, there's this little church and Tristan's like, hey, you know, I really want to say one last prayer. Like, let me just pray one more time. I'm going to go in this church. It's going to be fine. So the guards are like, oh, yeah, okay. You deserve one more prayer. So he yeah. goes in and he jumps the altar rail, opens the window, jumps out the window, runs to the cliff, jumps off the cliff. Flies into the ocean. Okay. The wind catches this cloak and sets him down gently because it's Tristan and he can do no wrong. Right. <laughs> so okay. so the guards think he's still inside this church praying and little do they know that he's run for it. So he makes his way back to the castle, back to his old, and the king finds out that Tristan's escaped and he tells the guards, like, bring a soul to me immediately. So they bring the soul to the king and the ropes are tied so tight around her wrists that she's bleeding. And people see this and they're yelling to like have pity on our beautiful queen and she's innocent and she should be spared. This is where the story kind of got a little bit more weird. (laughs) I wrote, who should appear? hundred of the king's lepers. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I I said the same thing. I was like, what? Why? Okay. I don't know. And why are they the king's lepers? Like, maybe it's because he just provides for their care. But yeah, that was kind of a weird. Anyway, so they yell to the king. So the king is preparing to burn a soul because she has committed adultery against right. her king. She's a witch. So she's going to die. Exactly. She's going to die. Right. So the leper, the like leader of the lepers, yells to the king that instead of burning her, he should let her come and live with the lepers and care for them. And she's going to regret it because it's a fate worse than death. Right. So the king agrees and he's going to hand over a soul to this guy. And Tristan jumps out of the bushes. Yep. Dun, 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 and he rescues his soul 
from this horrible fate to stay with the lepers. And they flee into the woods and they stay in the woods and they live in peace. And they live happily ever after. That's really not the end of the story, but it's really long. Okay. (laughs) That was like, I'm going to end it. This is part one. This is part one. You have to end this. You have to come back and tell the rest of the story at some point. Oh, I will. I will. Okay. We got to, yeah, we got to know how it ends. We got to find out what happens to Tristan. But that, okay, so that is part one of the tragic love story of Tristan and Isold. Oh, man. Okay, so right now, this is like intermission. Everything is all well. And then yeah, shit everything's gets all well. They're in the forest. They're happy and they're in love and they finally get to live in peace. So I was just can. thinking though, I was like, if she went to the lepers and she like can cure it, you oh, know, because she's this powerful she's a healer. healer, you know, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it ends up backfiring. It that would have been a good twist in the story. I mean, the the lepers was a good twist. I did not see that coming. I had to yeah. read it a couple times. I was like, why are there lepers? Like where? Sudden <laughs> how? Yeah, Who? why are why are they the king's Who? lepers? But yeah, yeah, that's what the story said. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so there you go. There's oh, I was magic like love just story. so into that. I was yeah, so into that. Good. You Yay. had a dragon. You had chivalry, face dragon, and mm-hmm. oh. and a beautiful golden-haired princess, and love Perfect. and lust. I couldn't. I couldn't ask for anything better than that. Yay! Sorry. Happy birthday. Perfect. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today and listening to Haley's epic tale. It was um, you can uh, check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We post all of our episode like images and pictures so you can get a little bit of an overview or see like, oh, how how did they really interpret this story mm-hmm. in visual format? <laughs> I like it. Visual format. Visual <laughs> format. Good. Um, and uh, as always, we always do a mistakes episode at the end of the month. And our new mistakes episode is actually out today. It is out today. So go check and, it out. Yeah, go check it out. And um, if you hear anything that is not correct about uh, in an episode or anything that we've heard in the past, um, send us an email at more than this podcast at gmail.com and we will add it in that mistakes episode. Yeah, we will. Or, you know, if you just want to say hey, say hey, yeah. say hey. Uh, make sure you follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We're all over the place. So if you guys have just a couple minutes, that would really help us out. It just gives us more visibility, helps other people find us. Yep. And yeah, just kind of gets our name out there a little bit more. Um, yeah, we're always looking for more curious friends. So many curious friends. We want all of them. We need to find them. We're all on a of, hunt. All to ourselves. Let's go find all of them. Yeah. So anyway, as always, if you enjoy us, ooh, if you feel like your friends, family, or your mom want to hear about us, tell your mom. Or maybe tell your Uncle Mark. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.